Okay, this is uh, Kevin Evans, and I am teaching the chapter-by-chapter -chapter live class at Crossroads Assembly of God in Greenville. And we are in the Gospel of John in chapter 8. And last week, we uh, discussed the first segment of chapter 8, which actually goes from John 7, 52 down to 11 and we got lost in the weeds and we never got past verse 11. So um, at this point, Jesus is uh, preaching in the temple on the second day of the Feast of Tabernacles and John is reporting uh, a number of arguments that he had with Pharisees who were challenging him on his claims of being the Messiah and uh, of all his other teachings and they are looking for a way to bring charges against him and accuse him of being either a heretic or a traitor and so Christ um, argues with them is supporting his own testimony and he argues with them against their clashes with them and, and I apologize if I start throwing debate lingo in this because I'm in debate mode at the moment and then uh, he talks about uh, um, his claims against himself. And toward the end, he makes them so angry that they're in the temple, in the courtyard, where he's teaching as a rabbi, where they are uh, constrained by Roman law from stoning people. The Pharisees are literally picking up rocks and glaring at him. So, um, uh, and, and that's when this chapter ends. So they, they get progressively more heated. So I'm going to read chapter, well, excuse me, verses 12 through 30, and then we'll kind of dive in it and uh, see how much we can unpack. So chapter 12, I mean, verse 12. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The Pharisees challenged him. Here you are appearing as your own witness. Your testimony is not valid. Okay, I said I was going to read all of this, but I really feel the need to unpack those two verses. Um, there's a tradition in the temple at the time, and I'm not sure if they still do this now, but they make the candles that they use in the temple uh, themselves, and they use the priest's linen as the wicks. And so they take the, the, the priest's old uh, garments, because I guess they're holier than everybody else's, and then they slice it up into pieces and, 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 and you know, uh, wind it to make it into a string, and then they dip the candles. So the priests would literally say, you know, they're the light to the people. And in this case, they literally are the light to the people because it's their underwear that they're burning for everyone to see. Uh, which I thought was an interesting little cultural tidbit. There's a sermon in there. Isn't there? <laughs> Have you preached it already? No. Oh, okay, good. Well, that was for free. You can develop that any way you want to. Okay, thank you. I like credit. Uh, so Christ says, I am the light of the world. And, you know, it, it, when, when I film this movie, I'm going to have Christ looking over the candles. Yeah. I am the light of the world. Not you, Kenny. And um, 
And then whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. And then the Pharisees go, how can you say that? You don't have the authority to say that. They challenge him on his authority to speak in the temple. And he's been speaking in the temple for three years now, assuming that this is when I think it is. Yeah. Uh, I think his authority is well established as to speaking in the temple. Uh, however, they're challenging him on not giving his references and speaking on his own volition. He's speaking as a prophet, not as a scholar. As a rabbi. Yes. And so they want him to be a lot more humble and show uh, more uh, respect to all of those authorities that are listening to him oh. as he speeches, you know, always. And so that's the challenge. But you go back to John 5.31. He said here, he said, if I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. So he's saying here that if he bears witness of himself, it's not true. But over here, he's kind of bearing witness of himself. God is his witness. Well, the next verse, not to get ahead of you, he says, even if I testify about myself, my testimony is still true. Right. So I guess that contradicts your, your verse there, doesn't it? Well, I We have a direct clash between your Bible and mine. Once again, why does this happen, Bill? <laughs> I don't know where Bill gets his magic Bible. I really don't. Because you always have these references that I don't have. And I don't, don't know where to go with them. Okay, having said that, going on, since I didn't, didn't plow on through. Jesus answered, even if I testify in my own behalf, my testimony is valid. For I know where I come, came from and where I am going. But you have no idea where I came from or where I am going. You judge by human standards. I pass judgment on no one. That's interesting. But if I do judge, my decisions are right because I am not alone. I stand with the Father who sent me. Wait, he doesn't judge anybody, but if he does judge? That's like saying, I never lie, but when I do, So Did he contradict himself in the same in the same sentence? Well, basically, he's saying it's oneness with the Father. There you go. There you go. Uh, I don't. Christ doesn't speak for himself. Christ, the human manifestation of God, doesn't speak for himself, but he speaks for the Father, the 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 overarching, massive manifestation of God. I don't know how to throw, throw that, but that say that. Is there in a sense or? That's much better stated, thank you. Because here he's actually saying, hey, I'm, I'm one with the Father, whereas in another place he might be speaking as a rabbi, yes. speaking as you know, the Messiah, becoming the Messiah, prophesied that I'm not going to speak about myself, but others do it. But here he is speaking as one with the Godhead. Right. So he doesn't contradict himself, even though it kind of sounds that way. 17. In your own law, it is written that the testimony of two men is valid. I am one who testifies for myself. My other witness is the Father who sent me. Yeah, that's powerful. I mean, that's, that's... He's two witnesses all by himself. Well, it's kind of like the 
Yeah, there, he says, there I you go. think the church should go this way, and God told me to tell you that, and now you got to accept it. Exactly. Yeah. So, I've, I've had that discussion. Oh, I've had that discussion <laughs> being a time with people in the church. Yeah. yeah. I mean, as a pastor. Shouldn't God talk to me too, I'm thinking, if, if, if they reveal that I need to do something to you? I That's think, what I told my I think God would talk to me. Yeah. I always, after church, hey, I pastor me to tell you that God told me you need to do this. I said, well, let's say, wait for God to verify that. Okay. You know, <laughs> I look at it like this. And, I, I, and I've been in this position before. If God tells you to, to speak to somebody about something, all you're going to do is confirm because he's already spoken to them and they, they already know. So what you say just confirms what they already have been spoke, what God's already spoken in their heart. That's what I've, I've learned about that. Because I had to do that one night. I kind of hesitated until I felt God wanted me to go speak to this young lady, tell her something, and, and I hesitated to the point I don't know how to describe it. It's like I felt a fear that if I didn't do it, I was going to be in some kind of trouble. Does that make sense? Yes. And so on I went, and I told her what I, God wanted me to tell her. She already knew it, but she said, I don't want it now. And, you know, so and she walked out of that church that night unsaved. Of course, luckily, over the years, she got another chance and finally got saved. At the risk of chasing a rabbit, I've had the exact opposite was in a Bible study in college and it, as, as the Bible study was progressing the man that was leading it was kind of a charismatic kind of guy and there was huge following and I thought what he was <coughs> teaching was doctrinally unsound and it was making me really angry and after I waited politely until after it was over and I had planned this whole angry attack on the guy that was leading the, 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 the study. And I walked over, I sat down beside him because he was sitting on the hearth in front of this, this fireplace. And I said, Doug? And I couldn't speak. I couldn't make a sound. I was absolutely silenced. And he's looking at me like, yes. Yeah. And I'm... Yeah, I, I, yeah, I didn't know what to do. I, I nothing you. came out. <laughs> Did God come through for you? Nothing came out, and I couldn't speak to anybody else. And I just kind of shrugged and walked away. And he thought I was insane. And I'm, I, I, I still can't speak. And I go get in my car, and I'm driving back to my apartment, and I'm on Highway 35, turning off on Runberg, and. And the first thing that comes out of my mouth is, ah, ah, ah. I mean, I was just trying to push some kind of sound through my voice box, and suddenly I can talk. Suddenly I can talk again. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm back. And, and I was about this energetic, you know, because I was wound up. What? Um, I, I, I don't have it either. I'm crazy. You still think he was doctrinally wrong? Yes. In love with God. I, I'm not, I'm just I don't know. But I don't think that was the time. Yeah, that, that, yeah, that was it. The timing was it. I think, you know, I think, and I'm really chasing this rabbit right down the hole, and I'm not going to get very far into the lesson today. I am of the opinion <laughs> that God created an even playing field in creation. And he put us here as, uh, you know, a, uh, with free will and we are free players in this in this world 
and we have actions and consequences, and we do suffer the consequences of others' actions. Uh, but I think, and we make our own decisions. I don't think God ever tells us, no, you can't do the wrong thing. Freedom is being able to do the wrong thing. Freedom is being able to be stupid. Yeah, hey, I, and I've exercised that freedom a lot. Uh, God knows the end of the story and has shown it to us. And that story, it has happened in the future. Figure out that tense. And, uh, and so we kind of know how it's all going to come out. But I think there are times when God has a purpose and God will step in and interfere in all of those laws of physics in order to make his point for this purpose. And so, you know, miracles happened around Christ to illustrate that they all have purpose. He wasn't just healing everybody in the, in the hospital, you know. Uh, it was every one of those things was a message. It's not just about the healing. It's about the message behind it. And uh, I think there are moments when God intervenes to make sure that the right thing happens at the right time. And I, don't, I think that was the wrong thing. I, it's been so long I don't remember all the details of my righteous behavior. But, uh, you know, I was 20. Well, I, I, I mean, I can, I can testify the same thing. There, believe it or not, I've kept quiet sometimes. Uh, when I hear something I don't like and I just don't feel, I feel impressed, whether it's the Holy Spirit directly, just don't say anything right now. I don't know. I just felt okay. I, I want to say this. It's, there are times I speak up, and there's sometimes I feel impressed not to say anything. Yeah. And you know, so it's Holy Spirit thing. What time and a place? And and I, I'm thinking of one thing, and I won't say it because you know, I mean, there was something I really heard one dad one time said, and I think the Holy Spirit said, "Don't worry, it'll be taken care of." You're not the Holy Spirit claim. Really. See, if the Holy Spirit were talking to me, it would just be, shut up. You know, that's, that's, that's how. The Holy Spirit's told me that it's, to you a couple the, times. The, shut up. It's like when God speaks to me, it's really mean, and, and I'm scared, you know, half the time. It, it's, 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 it's odd. Well, I, I hope so. When we had our church in Garland, the little storefront church, my ex-wife, now, she, I don't know, she, she listened to God, okay? And we had a man come and preach, and she just, in her spirit, felt something was wrong, okay, with that man. Of course, everybody condemned her because of, you know, her feelings and everything. But it turned out when he went to the next church to preach, he showed up drunk, trying to preach drunk. Uh-oh. So, you know, they, they kind of had to... Yeah, that's where, yeah. And they, so it's kind of like yeah. everybody that condemned her had to all of a sudden realize that maybe she didn't know. I mean, her feeling wasn't just, you know. And I've seen people do these prophecies where they say that they're supposed to tell people something and they're not really from God and they tell these new, new Christians these things and then eventually they run them out of the church. I mean, because what they tell them is going to happen doesn't happen and they get discouraged. And that's, we're just depending on the Holy Spirit. Yeah, Says, stop. No, that's not your place to go. I, I'll, 
take care of this part. Of I course, want you to go that sure. way. And we've got to try. That's that's what the important relationship with the Holy Spirit is about. You know, just when to say something, when to be quiet. Being yep. led by the Spirit. Being led by the Spirit. Okay, that hopefully gets us out of the rabbit hole. So, uh, Christ says, uh, my other witness is the Father who sent me, and they don't get it. So in verse 19, then they asked him, where is your father? And being Pharisees, they already know the answer to this question because they've been dogging him, right? We've already figured out who his father is and what his father did for a living, and that his father isn't alive, uh, we assume. Uh, and Jesus answered, you do not know me or my father, Jesus replied. If you knew me, you would know my father also. He spoke these words while teaching in the temple area near the place where the offerings were put. Yet no one seized him because his time had not yet come. Once more, Jesus said to them, I am going away and you will look for me and you will die in your sin. Where I go, you cannot come. And I think this is a different instance. When it goes to 21, I think this is another confrontation somewhere else. Uh, this made the Jews ask, will he kill himself? Is that why he says, where I go, you cannot come? Were they hopeful? I don't know, I don't know what, where that came from. He can't go where we can't come. But he continued, I mean, it's, it's kind of a cynical thing to say, if you, you know, think about it. Uh, but he continued, you are from below, I am from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. I told you that you would die in your sins. If you do not believe that I am the one I claim to be, you will indeed die in your sins. Who are you? They asked like they haven't been listening. I added that last part that isn't God in the Bible. Did, God bit. did harden their hearts. Yeah, man. Just what I've been claiming all along, Jesus replied. I have much to say in judgment of you, but he who sent me is reliable, and what I have heard from him I tell the world. And according to John, they did not understand that he was telling them about his father. Yeah, they did. So Jesus said, when you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am the one I claim to be, and that I do nothing in my own but speak just what the Father has taught me. The one who sent me is with me, he has not left me alone, for I always do what pleases him. Even as he spoke, many put his faith in him. So we've got kind of a collection of three different, maybe two different sermons that he gave uh, talking about the validity of his own testimony. Uh, I think there's a little double meaning. When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I'm the one I claim to be. Uh, Son of Man is a reference to Daniel, of course, who appeared you know, with the vision that appeared in the sky, and they're familiar with that. And lifted up means to exalt, but he is referring, it's a double meaning here with, uh, with the crucifixion. So when they lift him up on the cross, then they will figure out that he is the Son of Man and so on. It says a little note on the side of line, it says Christ is the oracle of God. Okay. You didn't have a follow-up thought no, or anything? No, just, no, just, no, just, 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 the just taught that out there. Okay, we'll do. Um, well, you mean debate? You know what they're talking about? Yeah, I, I, I was hoping you had a point, but you know, <laughs> obviously not. Yeah. Okay. A little reference, a little cool. 
Never mind. Okay, I'm, 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 I'm biding myself from being witty. Okay, uh, great, we've got time. Verse 31 through 41, uh, he advances the argument. And so they challenge him on why do we need to uh, embrace your teachings when we are children of Abraham because they're Jews and they're the chosen people and they don't have to listen to anyone since they uh, are already in, you know? So uh, wh wh why should they have to worry about him? It's like the one saved, always saved. Uh, something like that. Did I, do you see things out of the corner of your eye that aren't there? Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you mean? I just sound crazy on the are internet you, are, now. Are you talking literally or are you talking literally? No, I'm talking literally. I keep seeing things move and I look over here and there's nothing there. And that happens at home all the time. I don't know. I'm sitting in a room by myself and I see something go over there in an empty room. It's called, a a it's called floaters. You're having a psychogenic No, I'm having no, seizures. No. Not floaters. Because they, they can be angelic. Oh my word, you think they're, a, okay. Okay, so either I'm seeing angels or demons or I'm having a seizure or I have little, little corpuscles in my eye that I'm seeing. Okay, lovely, lovely. No, I'm the most non-traumatic person you know. It happens to me. Does it? I'm home alone with her all the time, so. Well, I think, you know, another possibility would be squirrels in the attic. I think that's another possibility <laughs> that it might be. I just didn't know if you were, like, you know, you could really read something figuratively. <laughs> what do you do with these angels that are given to us to watch over us? And that's continual. Well, my angel needs to tiptoe more carefully. <laughs> I'm a very sloppy, sloppy angel. Yeah, but if you don't even acknowledge it's there. <laughs> <laughs> the angel just dis dis disrupted our plans. That's not doing you well. Yeah. Anyway, well, I'm sorry. Just as you're not, I mean, yeah. just don't worship it. <coughs> don't worry. All right, Grandpa. Okay. <laughs> Where was I? To the Jews who believed in him, Jesus said, verse 31, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples, then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Oh, I've got a whole lecture right there. 31, they answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, everyone who sins is a, sin, a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know you are Abraham's descendants, yet you are ready to kill me because you have no room for my word. I'm telling you that I have seen in the Father's presence, what I have seen in the Father's presence, and you do what you have heard from your father. Abraham is our father, they answered. If you are Abraham's children, said Jesus, then you would do the things Abraham did. As it is, you are determined to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. Abraham did not do such things. You are doing the things your own father does. Which, okay, so what father is he referring to when he says your own father? 
I think so. We are not illegitimate children, they protested. The only father we have is God himself. Okay. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. I was raised in a Christian family in a very Christian world. Even the people I knew socially were Christian of one flavor or another. The most exotic people I've met were Church of Christ. Those weirdos that don't use pianos. Oh my word, what kind of strange people are they? I know! And so, and I, I didn't know what a Muslim was, you know, it was, it was completely. I lost control somewhere. Merry Christmas, so he gave me a whole lecture. Well, Church of Christ is not a denomination. It might be that church, but the church I worked with is Church of Christ. So I went to uh, high school. It was pretty much the same experience. I hung out with all the church kids. Then I went to uh, junior college, and I don't know, I lived at home, and I was a, a transfer student. Yeah, I kind of popped in, popped out, really didn't you know, socialize too much. And then I transferred to Austin to the University of Texas and moved into the dormitory and, and dived headfirst into uh, <laughs> social dysphoria. I, I, I don't, I'm not sure of the right word for it. And uh, my first true uh, realization that I was not in Kansas anymore was uh, when I walked into the main building in front of the tower, uh, uh, Littlefield Tower, there is, this scripture is engraved into the stone above the building, and it's, ye shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free, which is a, a you know, that, that's a nice um, uh, motto for a college, I think. And uh, I walked into this English class, and the professor stood there for an hour and a half and ranted about what a lie that was and how, uh, what truth are we talking about, and all truth is relative, and challenge, what is truth? Yeah, he ran a K on me. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I, uh, I was... Flummox. I, I don't. I, there's not a word to, to capture. I, I didn't have anything. I didn't have any reference point to put that into. Oh, it was it was a technical English writing class. We really rarely talked about technical English writing. It was all about his personal uh, campaign to atheize everybody around him. That was pretty much, the, you know, this whole professor. I'll give his name, but, you know, I'm recording. Isn't that what college are good for nowadays, though, mostly? You know what? I take exception to that. Uh, <laughs> not always. Texas, and, and, for Texas Communist and I've had people say, well, you shouldn't have gone to Austin because Austin is full of sin. And, and my answer to that is, <laughs> yes. Of course it is. It's also full of absolutely everything else. It's this really big city where there's 10 of everybody. There was one weirdo in my town. There they have a whole club of those. 
You know, that's kind of, yes, and not only diverse, but it's organized. They all have organizations for every kind of weirdness there is in the world. And, uh, you know, I had heard of those people. Now there's this whole group I can go to and I can, they can give me a lecture. Paul going to Athens and with all the gods. Yes, there you go. And so, I don't know, when I see, uh, when you know the truth, the truth will set you three, three, I just had, you know, I just had this huge flashback with my friend, my, actually my junior year at, uh, at UT. Anyway, it was a very mind-opening year for me. So when you look back, what happened so bad? It was important. I was a, well, I was a hard-shell Baptist when I got to uh, UT. And, uh, and uh, yeah, everything, yeah, I got, I got, well, I'm not sure I'm that much different, to tell you the truth. I don't feel any different. I don't think I'm any different. Uh, but I think uh, my world's a lot bigger. And I stopped, well, you know, I, I expressed my independence by not going to church for two weeks. <laughs> I was so convicted. I, it was, I just, oh, I was, I was horrible. Couldn't stand it. And so I thought, I've, I've got to go back to church. They didn't have the hip college churches? Oh, wait. oh, of course there was. And so, uh, in fact, there's a whole row of them. And so I walked out of my dorm on Sunday morning, you know, like three weeks after I was there. And there was this row of church vans in front of the dorm. I mean, a row. There were like 20 of them. And so I could walk down the, the and pick a church and get in a church van and they would take me there and bring me back when it was over. And the students would stand over the corner and I go, what's this? It goes, it's churches. Well, which one do you go to? And they go, well, it depends on what kind of lunch you want. (laughs) (laughs) And so institutional spaghetti, basically 50% of them were institutional spaghetti. Yeah, and then there were other there were other choices. So you know, if you really wanted something tasty, you know, the Catholics were interesting. You should, you know, um, I uh, and so I started going to a different church every Sunday instead of you know that was my new rebellion. I felt better about going to church. I just went to a different one, and I didn't join one for a couple of years. But I never stopped going to church. Was it rebellion? Or you just finding yourself who you were in Christ? Yes. I think it's both. Well, it served that need I needed to. Your faith got stretched. Yeah. And that's not a bad thing. And really challenged. And and I I, I was, I I spent most of that year with my mouth open. I didn't know what to do with most of what I was hearing. So you you felt my ease. Oh, very. And, uh, you know, people challenged me on my own beliefs. You know, well, why do you think that? How come you don't drink? And I went, uh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> my dad said he killed me. Because daddy didn't? Yeah, exactly. Because my father would have killed me if he had ever found it. Anyway, uh, yeah. Um, well, we were reprobates for sending our daughter to Texas Tech. And yep. my daughter, I said we prepared her for this. If my daughter can be convinced so easily in one semester to give up Christ, then we didn't do our job. Well, that's the truth. He said, Christians are lazy, Internet. That's what he said out loud. <laughs> okay. We teach our children what to think without giving them the reasons behind why. why. Amen, preacher. 
Savannah. Solidified. My daughter went to Tech. She came back. Her and her husband, who was at Tech as well, are active people in a good church because we prepared her for things. Great. And that's it. It's and he's got grandchildren. And I've got grandchildren. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 the, but the thing is, we don't do. We oh gosh, this is so. There, there's a fancy balance to this, to where. We protect our children, but we can't isolate them from knowing what the world says and thinks and does. And, you know, my daughters or kids would come in and say, Dad, we saw this on television. And I, instead of me just slamming it, I said, well, what do you think about it? And you know me, I play devil's advocate. Yeah, yeah. And I do the other side. Say, well, what, you know, so what, what is it about this? You know, and almost sound like a heathen when I'm talking to them about but I'm trying to get them to know what they, not just know what they believe, but why they believe it and good backup. And I think we're more into isolating our children from, from the real world yep. than teaching them. And I think if you teach them, you're more likely to keep them. Like I said, I'll stay there. If you I couldn't agree with you more on that. I, I will lecture, lecture there too. I, I don't believe in little Christian private schools. I think you need to throw your children straight into public school so they can see what the world looks like. I learned more from my secular. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just to follow up on what you just said, I, I went off to school, a, 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 you know, like I said, a hard shell Baptist, and I, I, I you know, six years later, I, I came home Assembly of God and embarrassed my mother terribly. They weren't too happy with me. It took them several years to process. Yeah, yeah. So one piece of that embarrassment. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It goes worse. And then I have a younger brother who became a Baptist chaplain. So now he's the good guy. You know. And for a while, I was the heathen until you know my third brother. You know, well, he has tattoos and he plays guitar. So. I don't have to, I'm, I'm a good assembly of God. I, we don't have tattoos. <laughs> Keep that sleeve down. Keep that sleeve down. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Faith would not allow me. Oh, uh, okay. Anyway, where was I? Oh, you sure knew the truth. Wow, I just stopped right there. Okay, uh, no, no. They're saying that they are Abraham's children. So they are leaning on their understanding that they are the uh, God's chosen people. And so it doesn't really matter what they do. They um, are in. God likes them. And they can do whatever they like, including kill rabbis they don't care for. <coughs> They've been doing it for years, killing the prophets. It does sound like once, once saved, always saved, doesn't it? Yeah. Okay, irritating Baptist again. <laughs> to kill a man is not to kill the doctrine. It's to kill a man. That's a famous quote. From who? To kill a man is not to kill a doctrine. It's to kill a man. Right. I'll bring you the book. Okay, I'm a, it's okay. It's okay. All right, so I, I actually have time. Let's, let's, I might make it to the end. Uh, so 42, Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me, for I came from God and now am here. I have not come on my own, but he sent me. He didn't say he was 
the Son of God, but, but he was right on the edge there. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desire. See, before he was implying that, now he's stating it emphatically. Uh, he was... Hmm? You think he got frustrated? Yes. Just finally, yes. Just finally. I, John is at least portraying him as being frustrated here. Uh, all of these arguments escalate. It feels like, uh, honestly, a debate going into the rebuttals. It's escalation as you, get, as you go on. Uh, he was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. Uh, speaking of the devil. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Yet, because I tell the truth, you don't believe me. Which means that if they don't believe the truth, then they're believing lies, which means that they're the son of the devil. Can any of you prove me guilty of sin? If I'm telling the truth, why don't you believe me? He who belongs to God hears what God says. The reason you do not hear that you, is that you do not belong to God. So he just told them that they're sons of the devil and that he's sinless. And uh, what about the debate we had last week that he was nice to the Pharisees? <coughs> he just called them the sons of the devil. He sure did. <laughs> well, sure. Do, do, do we see the in, well, I don't know if you want to call it insult from Jesus, but he says, You and your father the devil, and then you describe what the devil does. Yes. Which is basically you're the same. <laughs> Well, he's drawing the comparison against their inability to follow the truth. And they know the truth. They've seen the truth. They spied on him. They know the truth. But they don't want to accept the truth. So then they want to turn it on him in verse 48. Yes. You're always getting ahead of me. Why are you getting ahead of me, Bill? Stop it. Okay, verse 48. The Jews answered him, Aren't we right in saying that you are a Samaritan and demon-possessed? Where do they get this stuff? What, they know he's not a Samaritan, and they also know he's not demon-possessed. What, what is that? Is that just something you pull out? Oh, oh, it's like a planned negative. So you don't know what the other guy's going to say, so you just pull that out and throw it at him, and that makes him mad. Sure, hit me with a psychological answer. Grant's thing to give look at the pyramid of conflict. Uh-huh. As soon as a person starts going, well, you're ugly, you're this person's this or whatever, that's the sign of a weak argument from your own inside self. That well, I can't, I can't debate you any other way. So, you're ugly. Your face is ugly. Your family's ugly. You're terrible. Uh, that means you have a weak argument. Yep. It's the basis form of conflict. <coughs> so Christ says, he answers them directly. I am not possessed by a demon, said Christ, but I honor my Father, and you dishonor me. I am not seeking glory for myself, but there is one who seeks it, and he is a judge. I tell you the truth, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. Oh my goodness, their ears are burning now. He's going all full out on them, making them really mad. At this, the Jews exclaimed, now we know he's demon-possessed. Abraham died and so did the prophets, yet you say that if anyone keeps his word, he will never taste death? Are you greater than our father Abraham? He died and so did the prophets. Who do you think you are? 
Jesus replied, If I glorify myself, my glory means nothing. My Father, whom you claim as your Father, is the one who glorifies me. Though you do not know him, I know him. If I said I did not, I would be a liar like you. But I do know him and keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day. He saw it and was glad. Oh, wow. That's powerful. You are yet 50 years old, the Jews said to him, and you have seen Abraham? They're such literalists. I tell you the truth, Jesus answered, before Abraham was born, I am. And they knew exactly what that meant. And it ticked them off. At this, they picked up stones to stone him. I mean, they're in the temple now. We're not like stoning him behind the barn. This is, you know... Uh, and Jesus hid himself, slipping away from the temple grounds. He pushed him as far as he could go. Poke, 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 till they broke. Get serious now. So I am is basically referencing, of course, what Christ told Moses. God told Moses on Mount Sinai, and he's saying, I am God. And that's what, you know, which is heresy in their eyes, and that's what got them so angry. So this is probably the, because he's like in the temple, correct? Yes. Around Passover? Uh, this is uh, Feast of Tabernacles. Tabernacles. Okay. Yep. So he's getting towards the end of his. Yes, I think this is the last year, and, and he's escalating, you know, uh, like we saw in Luke. And so uh, he, he did, it's like he kind of hung around Galilee and pre preached out in the fields until it was the last week. And then he came into Jerusalem, and, and suddenly all, all gloves were off, and he, you know. Going out with a bang. Yeah, yeah. He I, think, I think it's like he's realizing he's running out of time, and so he's got to escalate his ministry up to try to make his point, but I think he, I think in realization, he knew that he was never going to be able to break through their hard shell. But he, but he was, he was going to gather. It's kind of like going through a field. If you go through, if you go in the garden and you plow up the potatoes, you got to come back and pick up the scrap potatoes here and there. So it's kind of like he knows he can't harvest them, but he can go back and pick up the sinners here and there that might believe in him. It's interesting, isn't it? He's the people's Messiah, not the. He's also, this is also a very public discussion. He's teaching in the temple. It's at the, it's at the Feast of Tabernacles. They've got lots of people in town. Uh, there is a crowd. It says earlier that people were believers. Yes, and so there's, this is like a public debate, if you want to call it that. They're challenging him, and he's defending himself in public. Now, I'm in debate mode. If you're in a debate... You're not going to convince your opponent. Your opponent is there, you know, to compete against you. It's not like they're going to go, oh, I see you're right, and walk away. Never, ever going to happen. Uh, who you're, the people you're trying to convince is the judge sitting in front of you. And in this case, the audience who is gathered around. And so while this Pharisee is not ever going to give in, 
those six guys in that back row are suddenly going to see your side of it and see the hole in their argument, and that's what he was going for. I will read your book. I will. Yeah, if you want. Oh, yeah. yeah. I do like a pretty book. That's true. <laughs> I don't like this book at all. The dog always like the books I like. So. All right. We are out of time, and we have actually gotten to the end of the chapter. We will pick up chapter nine next week, and I am signing off. Goodbye.